Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. Welcome to D&D 101. My name's Niall and I'll be your DM. My name's Connie. It's good that you got in there because I was just about to eat my panini. <laughs> my panini. Um, I'm Jordan. And I'm Blaine. Yeah, also another DM. Thank you for coming, Blaine. No problem. Blaine West, the best. So Blaine's my forever DM. Like, technically I'm Blaine's first DM. You are my first now. And I... Oh, <laughs> oh said guys. Said that so much cuteness. Um, <laughs> this is, you can see why we love Blaine. Um, yeah, we love Blaine. But yeah, actually, so the first cut is the deepest, is it? Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> I've never I fully recovered. Do. Yeah, <laughs> cut someone's hand off. To be fair, it wasn't yours; it was Mike's. But um, yeah, no. But even though I was DM'd by someone else first, Blaine Blaine was kind of like our DM for quite a few years whilst I was away in London, and then I'd come back and visit and. Blaine would have this like year-long campaign going with our friendship groups, and I would come back and, and join in every now and then, and then eventually. Like, that was it. Blaine was like our forever DM doing this like epic campaign. We recently got to sit down and do a bit more of. Yeah. That was a really cool. Yeah. It was really quite a while to go on it. It does. It does. But it's like my first ever character revamped for Blaine's world. So, yeah, it means a lot to me. I think it means a lot to all of us, really, in a way. Can you you share anymore? Say again? Can you share anymore? What, you want to know about my first ever character? Yeah. Um, His name's Haknar Ali. And he's he was originally a ranger sorcerer build in 3.5 edition, but he's recently become a fighter build in 5th ed. And he has a cool little secret which gets revealed quite quickly and that um, he might be human, but he's lived for over a thousand years. It's not really a secret he hides. You told no. everyone like first session. Yeah, but that's <laughs> because we did like a flashback to me like saving one of them as a child and then meeting them again as like a as the same age, but she'd grown up. So how much of the um, 30 second intro did you follow there, Connie? I mean, I think I followed all of <laughs> did it. Did you? Oh, I got like maybe like 60%. <laughs> then he said 3.5 and something about building. And I was so, like... So, so he, he in the later version, you know how they're bringing out the newer versions and they've got different kinds of characters? Oh, okay. The so the books. 3.5 is like a past version. And then the fifth yeah, yeah. is... Well played, Connie. Clearly, the blameless of this operation. (laughs) (laughs) You asked for help. You should say this. Anyway, this is. I wanted to belong in failure, and she didn't give me that. (laughs) (laughs) This is D and D one hundred and one, where our our basic basic premise and mission statement, I guess it were, is to teach two people with various degrees of knowledge and intellect very clearly. It sounds like Uh, it's going fifty percent well. Yeah, yeah. We (laughs) we try to teach them D and D, and we are continuing on with our player races. I keep the cup half empty. Yeah, you keep tipping water out. <laughs> um, to be fair, we are both very forgetful. So yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, but today we're starting with a a couple of character races because um, we thought they fit well together. Um, so tell us, what do you think um, humans and half elves are? Oh, we're doing humans <laughs> and half elves. So tell us, what do you think they are in d and I'm going to take a acquisitive uh, sip of my elderflower lemonade. Oh, <laughs> are you getting sponsored, mate? Is it, is it, does it taste no. refreshingly good? Um, it's cold. It's chilled. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is an ad for a fridge company. <laughs> um, humans are half-elves. In d and I mean, I'm guessing, well, humans are basically us. Humans? Yeah. yeah. Homo I sapiens. Guess. Yeah, okay. Um, boring people. Unless they're like earlier on in the evolutionary chain. Oh. And so they're more like Homo erectus or the other ones <laughs> <laughs> before Homo sapiens. But not hobbits because they did exist, but they're not actual hobbits. Oh, do you think, do you think hobbits came first or humans did? Well, we well, were hobbits first, weren't we? Were, we've grown over time. No, they were a different... No, that's just children. They were a different species to us. It was when they were like humanoid species. Okay, so what do you, where do you think humans are in terms of like the oldest living species on that line? Do you think they're one of the newest or do you think they're the oldest? Or do you think somewhere in the middle? What, in terms of the homo No, evolution? in D&D, I think. Yeah, that? in D&D. Oh. 
like there's elves, there's orcs, and then realised, oh wait, no, there's, there's gnomes, a there's halflings, there's <laughs> dwarves, um, and then there's also humans and half elves. So like, I reckon wait. they're kind of young. You reckon humans yeah, are quite new? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Oh, but then if they're, I reckon they're the babies. Part like half human, half elves. Is that what it sounds like? And then, to you? Yeah. well, then potentially the character you were just describing, who is a human but has been alive for a couple of that a thousand years or whatever, it's because he's half elf. Interesting. And not a Gallifreyan. Gallifreyan. Interesting. Interesting. Gallifreyan. Gallifreyan. <laughs> what about you, Jordan? Any any theories um, on half elves? Oh, on half elves. I reckon they're fifty percent elf. That's my that's my hunch. <laughs> Got a hunch about that? I think you might be close. Am I getting close? Yeah. Well, Blaine, do you want to do you want to start telling us a bit about humans and half elves? So humans are actually one of the oldest races. Oh, in Oh, fuck's sake! They've wrong again. Been around pretty much as long as people know. There's no real creation myth for them. They were just always kind of there. Oh. Uh, back in like the deep lore when Toril, where the Forgotten Realms take place, was part of another planet. And the other creator races, there were also humans there. They're still classed as one of the creator races, even though they were still ape-like and living in caves. They're still quite respected for that reason. They somehow survived in a world full of aberration monsters, <laughs> monstrous races, lizard folk, giants, dragons. They lived in caves and somehow made it through. Woohoo! Aberrations are like I aliens, by the way. Okay. And sorry, Jordan, the aberrations you- are basically Cthulhu-esque monsters. And and you call conspiracy on what, Jod? Well, I'm just saying, you know, it's very true. How did they survive all of that? And why why have they been around for all of time? Is it because is it because humans wrote the history books and they there was no one around, so they've just said they were around the entire time? Technically, a lot of the races that were there at the time have gone extinct. Okay, and a lot of the other races, like elves and halflings, came after humans had kind of built up a little bit. So oh, but don't we oh. Don't we know that humans came first because the elf god would turn into one? Yeah, and interesting. Then he yeah. Was like, well, I'll make myself, and they were like, "No, nah, we want to look like those guys." Yeah. See, Connie's found a little point in law logic there. Even elves should admit that humans came before them. And to be fair, when the elves remember the elves came into Faerun through like portals from the Feywild. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you remember they they recognized that humans were there first. Same with orcs. Yeah, because they, they kind of pick the human form more mm. than anything else. Exactly. Right. So it goes um. to show that maybe maybe humans are just, I don't know, even though they were considered among the creator races as, as like lesser. What did you say? You told me a really cool fact uh, about one of, one of the of creator them. races. Shall we name all the creator races? So there was the Saruk that were like a reptilian race. Bit there more about them later. The Batraki, Another who day. were amphibioid. Okay. Bit more about them later. There was day. the Airy, who were a bird race. A bit more about them another day. And then there was the Fae. Fuck those guys. <laughs> Definitely fucking <laughs> no. Fae. Yeah, they're kind of like your, um, like, you know, when you hear about like changeling children being kidnapped by Fae creatures and mm. stuff like that, it's kind of like that's. Changelings are not Fae. No, no, but I'm saying but it's that, it's yeah. that idea of that's the culture of. Changelings are a totally different thing. But that's like the culture of the Fae. It's kind of like the tricksy, powerful beings of nature and emotion. Sorry, all I got then was Fate on Netflix starring Jacob Dudman. <laughs> Where the main character's a changeling who got stolen by fairies. <laughs> One of our best mates is in a very good show on Netflix. Check him out. Sorry. Shout out to Jake D. <laughs> and Alicia. Hey. Love you guys. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Fey, uh, yeah, that's what Fey creatures are, and they okay. exist in the Fey Wild now. Yeah, but they originated in the main planet. And the Fey Wild is kind of a forest. Yeah, okay. it's like, d- did we talk about the yes the plains? Jordan's nodding, but clearly knows nothing. <laughs> I don't know. That there's like shadows. We talked about planes. There's like a shadow of the material world. Mm. One is like a shadow realm, and the other one's like this Fey Wild. 
and like where you would find a babbling brook in the material plane oh, in yeah, the, the shadow sh- fell the you'd shadow, yeah. yeah in the shadow fell you'd find like this disastrous dried up cavern yeah i'm pretty sure we like the upside covered down. this ages ago because we started talking about stranger things and how yeah. using it as a exactly mm-hmm. the feywild's like yeah. the pretty version of that where emotion runs rampant like mm-hmm. your emotion there will change the weather if you got angry at someone suddenly it'd start to like thundercrack and stuff i can't remember i think you said there's some gnomes that live there but there's another one also and i can't remember what it is sounds about right gnomes there's a lot of different gnome types in the Feywild. yeah some are all right some are very scary yeah some are very scary (laughs) the red caps are terrible you say that with so much fear in your eyes (laughs) they literally (laughs) soak their hats in blood to keep alive don't we all are we gonna get to that uh, this is like a monster gnome. It's not oh, technically okay. a playable I was race. Say, we didn't cover that last yeah, time. Yeah, because technically it's not a playable race. <laughs> technically it could be. Ha, <sighs> ah, Niall. Ha! Ah. Now we need to go back an episode. <laughs> Look, this is something I didn't want to reveal to you guys because you're players and I'm a DM. But technically, we can do anything. <laughs> if you want to be a dragon, yeah. I'll Why don't make we it happen. play now then? Because you've still got to learn. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the different creator races and the main ones yeah and it was a batraki who said humans just cower in their caves living in fear and simply called them meat nice so that's how humans were seen i mean yeah but they outlived them all they outlived the dawn war which was like the gods versus the primordials let's yeah let's just put that into perspective as well humans were around whilst gods walked the earth and primordial beings which were creatures that didn't need worship to be powerful also walked the earth and then decided to duke it out they then split off separating the planets into two different planets where humans still existed and then kicked off the dragon giant war where as you guessed it empires of dragons which kept slaves which were as you guessed it humans and empires of giants which also kept slaves which as you guessed it were also humans (laughs) had a big old fight killed each other off and then the only thing that was left to just sort of keep it going was the elves and the dwarves they started making kingdoms they had a big fight all fell out because the elves started killing each other guess who is there to pick up the species you're right it's the humans outlived them all i, I get uh, i call conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make it's not logical it's not logical <laughs> it doesn't make sense humans are cockroaches mm. we're like rabbits <laughs> But which came first, the rabbit or the human? The humans, apparently. According to D&D, one of the creator races. There isn't anything on rabbits in D&D. That is true. That is true. Anyway, Blaine. (laughs) (laughs) After that, there's pretty much the, the only interesting thing in the history about humans that they just keep surviving. Most of the campaigns <laughs> and the lore and stuff surviving. is all focused on human kingdoms, but that's because everyone else just kind of leaves them to it. Mm. The Netherese Empire started that way, didn't it? Yeah. Because that's kind of like, in terms of human civilization, the Netherese Empire was basically the the best of the best of wizards who created floating cities. They'd literally chop the top of a mountain off, turn it upside down and build a city on it. How would you get up there? The, magic. magic. They were essentially the best magic casters, and um, they built like a whole civilization, which unfortunately fell. But they were like, <laughs> unfortunately, they were not nice people. They had a lot of pressure <laughs> with the Faerim and all that. They were, but they kind of extinct themselves. Yeah, yeah. Wait, these are the wizards or the humans? The wizard, the human wizards. Oh, the human these were wizards. all human wizards. They learned to like expand their life. Pretty much every problem in D and D was caused by a human. Like through all the campaigns and stuff, basically humans are the main cause of everything that's wrong. D and D trying to say, I don't know. Something wise. Something I? fairly accurate by the sound yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, D&Ds are kind of like, they describe humans as, especially from the perspective of other creatures, like they have short lived lives, but my God, they live them like to the fullest. They get more done in their small years than certain dwarves and elves do. And they live for hundreds yeah, of years. Yeah, it's kind of humans defining trait is that like ambition and strive to succeed and leave a legacy and build something lasting. Whereas elves and dwarves will stay in one place and focus on one thing and do it really well. Well, humans will build empires and governments and churches and anything they can do to just make their mark. And it'll all be mediocre. <laughs> humans are the most common race to become gods. Oh yeah, loads of humans have became gods. Ooh, how does one become a god? That. They get promoted. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, there is Ao, who is like the over god and the god of all gods, and he can promote and demote gods and 
at the same time promote mortal races into godhood. So he just decides okay. someone's done a lot of good and makes them a god. People might remember me mentioning <laughs> this god. I think I called them Amon in the first episode, but it is indeed Ao. <laughs> oh, I just love the Ayo. idea of you know the human you know with a suit and tie on, getting ready. Get, with going to get promotion. a promotion tonight. Going to go, going to go into the office. I can't wait. I'm going to gonna demand a promotion this time. Listen, getting over it. This listen, Ao. Listen, I, God. I've been working my ass off. Quite, quite honestly, and I, I think, I think it's my turn at godhood. I've shown my expertise, and I think I'm right for the role. I'm the Lord of the Farmer, and that's why they call me. I don't know why we're the Lord American, of the Farmer. But, uh, Neither do I. I just uh, there's something really homey about a Southern American accent that I really love. Really good accent. Just mm. yeah, it's, it's really homeful, fun. isn't it? It's like can be angry, it can be soft, it can be anything. It can be sultry, it can be disgusting. Bit like humans in D&D. Bit like humans in D&D. Well done yeah. for bringing it back to topic. <laughs> We're not very good at doing that. Yes, that's why we have Blaine here. <laughs> Thank you, Blaine. So what yeah. the DM does wrangles the players into keeping at least somewhat on topic. <laughs> Probably be my ambition during playing would just be to derail off. <laughs> sounds sounds about right. So yeah, other than that. They just kind of exist. They've built a lot of empires or cities. Kind of <laughs> they are the dominant race in pretty much every setting. Okay. Except Dark Sun, but they won't. They've not released that for five years. That's an older thing. Oh, Dark Sun's an a like setting. Another, oh, yeah. Okay. And basically, humans kind of got extinct in that one. Most races mm. got extinct. Kind of like post-apocalyptic Mad Max D and D. That sounds cool. The entire campaign's on road. <laughs> <laughs> just people like, driving around yeah. on a road attacked by psychic bugs. Mm-hmm. I guess, to be fair, this might be a nice time to segue into Dragon Marks in Dragon terms Marks? of settings. Yeah, because that is kind of the main... We've we've talked about Dragon Marks throughout this... We have. Throughout this whole, like, sort of season of show. Do you Sorry. remember this week? It's just Jordan <laughs> eating his, his panini smugly at me. <laughs> He thought he got away with it by moving away from the microphone, but then he made direct eye contact with me while taking a bite, and it could not not be mentioned. Anyway, uh, yeah. I remember Dragon Marks. Yeah, Dragon Marks. Yeah. Um, I've I've talked about them a lot. They give you like magic powers, but Blanye West knows a little bit more about Dragon Marks than I do. So take it away. Uh, so in Eberron, the creation of Eberron was dragon gods. Uh, they created all of Eberron, and they made a lot of prophecies. And the dragon marks are the physical manifestations of those prophecies. So wizards and historians with enough knowledge can read a dragon mark on someone's arm and know where they fit into the prophecy. No one really does it. Most people just look at them and go, I've got a dragon mark. I'm super important. Give me money. But if they took the time, it all kind of leads into a big prophecy about the end of the world. So in D&D, it's destiny then, is it? Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. Mm. In Eberron. So Eberron's like another setting, as Blaine's mentioned. Faerun, Toril is the main sort of like setting, whereas Eberron is a different... But Eberron's the name of the planet, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So it's a whole different setting, whole different planet. Um, it's the same with like Mythic Odyssey of Theros. That's his own So the dragon algebra. marks give you powers, some extra powers, don't they? Yeah. That's yeah. what I remember. But they're connected to a Yeah, they mark uh, you prophecy, for greatness right. for the prophecy. Yeah. You're and they're called the dragon marks. One. Yeah, you're the chosen one. I'm a what? A wizard, Harry. <laughs> it's kind of like it's it's all dr- dragon marks and dragon themed because the gods of that universe are dragons. So that's why it's all kind of like linked to dragons and right stuff. It's kind of cool. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's that's like dragon marks as well. Should we have it just very quickly uh, with dragon marks? Are there is there like a like a booklet of dragon marks where you're like, ah, I'm gonna pick this dragon mark for my character, and then it explains. Yes, everyone's got all the dragon marks in it, Uh, but Mm. in the setting, they're linked to different houses. So each house, if you have a specific dragon mark, you get entry into that house and they manage certain things like the house of healing from the halflings. All of those are typically doctors and medics and stuff and helps with that. And you have to have the mark of healing to go into that house. Oh, I see. Okay. It's also passed down by bloodline as well. So there's people who literally they're born with a dragon mark and their parents were born with a dragon mark and that's why they're part of the same house. But then there's people who just spring up around the world with a dragon mark one day. And it's like, oh, you're marked to be someone special. Welcome into this house, into this extended family that you never knew you had. 
but there's like an interesting sort of clause there that because their own they're like their own little personal army they're not allowed to own any land or own anything yeah they're very heavily restricted after the war in eberron that basically nuked up country that they can't do anything other than they can't have any weapons they can't field any standing army as they used to because they're worried they'll just destroy the world. So that sort of shows Sounds you the power that they have. familiar right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we go through all the different humans then, before we move on to half-elves? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So humans, one of the reasons why they're the best uh, is because, well, they kind of change everything stats-wise. It's a flat human, just gives you plus... Plus one to everything. everything. Oh, all your ability scores yay. just go up by one. But that is all you get for being a basic human. A little bit Basically. better at everything, but <laughs> okay. no cool spells or abilities. You, you do get an extra language. Just a dra- jack of Yay. all trades. Yeah. I wish that applied to my actual life. Just, I have an extra language. <laughs> yeah, that would be useful. It's, it's not, it's kind of like, it's the idea that humans kind of interact so much with other creatures that at some point they'd have picked yeah, up another language. pretty much classed as everyone's second best friend. Yeah. Second best friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're more likely to make friends with someone of your own race or another race close, like dwarves and halflings, but everyone gets on with the human. You kind of have to. They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they fuck. You must <laughs> You'll never be free of us. Yeah, and they're, they're usually like medium build, uh, which means they move at 34 like everyone else and, mm-hmm. well, like most tall people. But there's like really fun mod- like weight modifiers and height modifiers that you can do. I think I've spoke about this before. So like when you're rolling your human, it can be fun to like roll dice to see how tall you are and roll dice to see how like heavy you are. And that's like nice to like change your like idea of maybe what you look like and just have a bit of a play with it. Mm. Rather than just being like, it looks like me, but it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, I was just thinking, I'm, a I'm just going to play me with long hair like a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're done. Then there's the other human variant human. The better human. The better human. Ooh, Wait, yeah. Humans. Essentially, you get to like increase one ability score by two, which usually means an ASI increase. Yeah. And so then one get, by one. Yeah, which is good. So what like what makes that human be able to do that? It's because they lose out on other things. So um, they gain, regular, all yeah. they do really is gain. <laughs> They get a plus two Arguably, to one ability, yeah. a plus one to another ability. They get, is it two skills? One, uh, one, one skill. One skill, just they can be proficient in any skill. Then they get feet. And feats are really cool. Yeah. Feats are basically, you can take them every time you get to a certain point. Every four levels? Yeah, every four levels you can either increase one of your ability scores, so become stronger, smarter, more char- charismatic or whatever you want. Or you take a feat. Everyone um, takes feats. <laughs> They, there's feats like like observant, which means you can read people's lips when they're having a conversation, so you instantly know what people are saying from a distance. There's one called alert, where at no point can you ever be surprised, unless you're like, unless somebody's knocked you out cold, you can Even never be surprised. Even you can't be surprised. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things. You wake no, up and you're no like, they knew you were here. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Right. So nothing can scare you, essentially. If something jumped out and surprised your whole team, it'd probably no. get a few hits in, but you're like, I see you, bitch. <laughs> like, I've, I've been expecting this my whole life, or at least since level four. <laughs> or level one, if you're a Yeah, human. exactly. So uh, yeah. that, you know, there's certain... Like certain great weapon that, master yeah. that you can just add plus 10 to your damage. Take a little bit of a negative to hit, but you do extra 10 damage. Yeah. There's... Lucky. Lucky, which Lucky. is every DM's bane. <laughs> Lucky essentially gives okay, you three listening. luck points, and you can spend those luck points to re-roll any rolls that you want to do. You are someone you can see. Yeah. Right. So essentially, you're just lucky. Occasionally, you can just spend a luck point to just change the outcome of something. Like you rolled a nat one. Uh, I use a lucky point. I'm going to change that. And you have three. Three a day. Three of them. Oh, three a day. That's yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, it's very fucking it's a good. good. Good bargain. But uh, an interesting feat, I guess, which I guess sticks to the Eberron theme, is the Eberron Dragon Mark. Yes. Uh, so there are the different houses of Dragon Marks: the Mark of Healing, Mark of Finding, Mark of the Storm. Then there's the coolest one. The coolest one, which is the aberrant dragon mark, which is part of the prophecy, but no one really knows why. It's very rare and it's not genetic. It just pops up in certain people. Usually those people go on to do bad things. <laughs> the last one that had it tried to genocide Ooh. because he believed he was better than everyone because he had the aberrant dragon mark. You don't really get much for getting it at early levels, but then at 10th level, you get an epic boon, which is like a gift from the gods and you can just pick which one you want. 
They mm-hmm. can be a free use of a ninth level spell once a day. Uh, <laughs> the ability to be resistant to any damage, never having to sleep, never having to eat, uh, being able to do extra damage a certain number of times a day just because you want to. There's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with epic feats. Yeah, they're co- I'll, I'll read you out some of the stuff about aberrant dragon marks because they've got a lot of really cool flavor. So um, basically, one of the cool things is that they increase your constitution, which isn't something that usually happens really. Mm. So great for barbarians. Because essentially, if you increase your constitution, you're going to have more hit points. It's a healthy boy. However, there are some drawbacks. So one of the first cool things is you get a cantrip So from a sorcerer spell list. So you get a list of cantrips that you can now pick. Your character automatically can cast spells. Great, right? Um, You can choose the first level as well, and then you can cast that at once a day at first level however it uses your constitution as a spell modifier which no other no nothing does magic class uses constitution it's the Mm. only thing that uses constitution which is interesting and and cool but there's a cool other another cool thing whereas when you cast the first level spell you can expend your hit dice and if you roll an even number you gain a number of temporary hit points equal to the number rolled if it's an odd number anyone within 30 feet of you takes force damage so it's pretty it's pretty cool. There's some flaws which it suggests which I really like because it's good for role playing. Um your mark is a source of constant physical pain. Your mark whispers to you. Its meaning can be unclear. When you're stressed, the mark hisses audibly. The skin around your mark is burnt, scaly or withered. Animals are uneasy around you. You have a mood swing anytime you use the mark. Your look changes slightly when you use the mark or you have horrific nightmares after using the mark. This doesn't sound like one that I would want to choose. It's fun. Uh, and here you go. Here's the sort of the extra option that Blaine kind of mentioned. Um, if you've got a dragon mark, you can have the chance of manifesting greater power. Once you're 10th level, you have a 10% chance of getting an epic boon. Every time you fail to get a boon, your 10% chance increases. So it becomes 20%, 30%, 40%. So basically, after 10th level, at 20th level, you're guaranteed an epic boon. So you might get one before. But you do lose one of your hit dice permanently. So if you're 10th level, that means you'll have 10 hit dice, you'll have to roll that hit dice, and then you'll lose that much amount of health forever. You'll still have 10 hit dice, but your maximum hit points will be reduced a little bit. So a maximum of whatever your hit dice is. Yeah, this isn't... That, it's not sounding like a plus. Are you kidding? You're like, the, the option to become, like, extremely godlike yeah. for a few hit points. But then Nine, so when you say that the, you lose a dice... Yeah. So you'll have... Exactly. If you're 10th level... Essentially, your <laughs> hit points have increased by a d6 if you're playing a Oh, so a you mean wizard. you're down a dice? Yeah, so you'll you'll oh, take okay. a d6 so at 10th level. I was when imagining you... you were rolling like 10 dice. I was like, what, No, what? you'd just roll oh, one d6, and if it was a 6, you'd lose 6 hit points forever. Right. And then if it was a 1, you'd lose 1 hit point forever. Right. So it's kind of worth it, isn't it? <laughs> Kind of shaking her head in disapproval. For some of the ninth level spells you can get access to, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Look, spells like Wish. Connie, I'm okay. a warlock at heart, okay? I would <laughs> sell my soul for a cheeseburger. You know, like... <laughs> I just Value know, yourself just... a little bit now. You could get two. I could at least get two. It, Maybe it three. Just, I can see why you, you said that pretty much everybody is evil who, who has it, because... You've got a creepy little tattoo that whispers at you. And might not whisper. It need to kill usually does whisper at you. It might not whisper. Its meaning oh, can be well. unclear. You well, know? then it hurts, and yeah. that bit of skin is now gross. Um, I don't know why, but it really. Maybe animals really don't like it. Gives you. me the shivers. The human of the shivers. I think maybe it's because I just started watching The Boys. And, uh, I just started watching The Boys. Yeah, I'm a bit by, bit behind. Fucking and, great, isn't it? Jack, Jack was like, oh, I'll, you'd like The Boys. And then was kind of thinking and like describing something to me and was like, wait, maybe you, you don't like this. stuff like that, do you? And I was like, <laughs> no. He was like, okay, don't watch The Boys. <laughs> the Boys is great. But the deeps, they're like gills on his, like they oh, freak that's me out. They freak you out. And, and so it's making, reminding me of that. It's mm. just making me think of that, but with a tattoo and it whispers and it's all scaly. <laughs> or withered or withered or just constantly in pain yeah. Yeah. burning it burns Jesus. it hisses it literally goes it's, it's all the time it's, no just when you use it oh I could do all it's, that it's giving me um, either Horcrux or 
Smigger with the One Ring vibes. Yeah, I like it. It's like going it. a bit crazy. Well, I think I think there's c- potential for a good character with an aberrant dragon mark and finding redemption, or at least you know what I mean. It's a lot of people go evil because no one likes aberrant dragon marks because of the past history. So they tend to, if someone's discovered one, they tend to be imprisoned and quietly executed because they don't want to risk someone going evil with an aberrant dragon mark because it holds so much power. There you go. Does Society they have can to push be in a specific evil. place, or it like. Can you, can you hide them? They can, they can be anywhere on your body. Anywhere, okay. Connie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Well, so that's that's the feats that you can get, and that's one of the feats that you could get, if, especially if you were playing Eberron as human. But there's some cool marks, so shall we keep going through the different get, marks? I've they got get the most question. marks. Sorry. you got a quick question, yeah? Just so, Blaine, before you said you can pick, in terms of feats, you can pick not to sleep or not to eat. Those are your epic feats when yeah, epic you feats. reach, if you get the dragon mark. So bigger. when you're playing the game, do you have to basically, if your character has to sleep and has to eat, do you have to take that into account? Yeah. Yes. When you're playing the game. Yeah. Because I'm just imagining I'd just forget. Like so, if you, well, it'd be like if it was late at night and I was like, okay, guys, so you, you know, the next thing to do is climb up this mountain and find this dragon, and you'd be like, oh, well, I want to go now, and I'd be like, Jordan, you spent the whole day doing what you've been doing are you sure you want to climb the mountain now in the middle of the night yes. and you'd be like yeah and i'd be like are you gonna attempt to sleep up the mountain I'd be like nah i'll just keep climbing i'd be like okay but you will be tired like this will exhaust you and you'd be like yeah i'll be fine and then the next day we'll get to the next day and you'd be like all right now how's it going i'd be like oh you've climbed up the mountain but you're now exhausted you'd be like what that mean i'd be like well basically means that any ability checks you have you now have a disadvantage because oh, you're okay. exhausted okay, that's too much nice. time without sleep will kill you well six but, days but to be six precise. Days. Ah, okay. That's cool. And but then also the thing you were talking about earlier where you get three a day, it's like when the you look. sleep what hmm? was it? F- the lucky the look, feet. The luck feet. Yeah. 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 So every time you sleep it recharges. Yeah. 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 Uh so you'd want to sleep. Most yeah. most abilities are after a long rest. Yeah. Some Spell items slots. are at dawn. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you sleep, but most you need a long rest. And so if you took the feet where you didn't need to rest or sleep anymore. This epic boon, yeah. You still need to take yeah. a long rest technically to get stuff back, but you don't have to sleep for it. You can Isn't take that a long like rest. Elves where they go into the weird dreams. Yeah, they transfer four hours. They can take a long rest doing things, researching or crafting stuff, as long as it's not too strenuous. Essentially you're undead. Right. You're not wasting time with sleep. You're yeah. I just wouldn't because if the rest stuff. of the you know, the group was like I'm going to go sleep now. Yeah, you'd have like, to wait for them. You're like, oh, fuck's sake, I yeah, took the fucking epic boom, or whatever it's called. Yeah, where I don't have to sleep. And now I have to wait for you all. It's like a fucking... rube. Yeah. But think so. about how productive you'd be. Exactly. You you yeah. take the watch, and you're there doing some crochet. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you'd knit everybody a team jumper. <laughs> See, Connie, this is why you deserve that epic boom. <laughs> Morning! I like the image of it. some person with this aberrant dragon mark, scaly <laughs> and hissing at them, constant like treated with the knowledge that they're going to at some point probably try and take over the world, just knitting some jumpers in yeah. a forest. But, hey, I think guys. I know what character I want to be. <laughs> I just want to belong. But yeah, sorry. Um, house of Finding is the first house, isn't it? Yes. So the mark of finding is for humans or half-orcs. Predominantly half-orcs, but humans are in it. Uh, You lose some of the traits for being a human. So you lose the feet. You kind of take this instead. You get your wisdom increases by two and your con increases by one. So you're a little bit more street smart, a little bit more survival and a bit hardier. Uh, You get dark vision, which humans as a base don't get. You also get advantage on perception and survival checks. So you're better at looking for things, hunting things in the wild, finding food, foraging. Uh, and you get some magic spells. Uh, you get Hunter's Mark at third level that you can, uh, you get Hunter's Mark just that you can cast once a day. You also get Locate Object, so you can just magically find a thing. Uh, Where are my keys? <laughs> ah, okay. Locate Object. Uh, you learn to speak Goblin. Which uh, is fun, I guess. Now, nah, could we have an example of Goblin? Oh, yeah, nicely. Oh, I know more sky. I wasn't expecting you to commit quite so hard to that. that yeah, was... that was good. I see. I knew he would. I knew. <laughs> I knew I'd sort of give him the hand, and he'd grab it. Oh, of course, <laughs> I out of the park every time. You know me. You know how I do. You know I, do. I enjoyed the minute at the end. It was uh, really because they were celebrating. They've just found some new teeth to put. They just found their keys. <laughs> and you also get some spells if you're a spellcaster. Mostly focused around finding things, speaking to animals and plants to get more information or to help. I said, I'd love to speak to a plant. 
and be like, hey, are you screaming as I chop you? And they'd be like, oh my God, please, please don't do this. Oh my God, please, I've been begging you for hours. You killed my wife. You killed my wife. You killed my because children. on the molecular level, bitch. maybe they are. Oh God, don't kill me. Please, my name's Bob. <laughs> please, I can, I can pollinate. I can, I can exist. Don't do this. Don't do that. I have and two straight thoughts. in the curry. Go on. <laughs> but uh, no, this just sounds like Hufflepuffs. Yeah. Sounds like Hufflepuff. Very fine. Hufflepuffs very are particularly helpful. good finders. The <laughs> head of house is literally the head of gardening, basically. Herbology. They're oh, really good with plants. Yeah, Marker findings very good for like rangers, exploring the wilderness, yeah. traveling out. Mm. Detectives in a way as well. Detectives, yeah. They're often employed in everyone as detectives or hunters, bounty hunters as well. So nice. if you were trying to locate something, so you were <laughs> you went into the wilderness to find I don't know, a fucking ring. I don't know, a necklace. Okay. But it wasn't yours. Yeah. Could you locate that object with Yeah, as long as you've seen it and have, I think you need to be within, been within 30 feet of it, you can locate it. Oh. But if you haven't seen it and you just say a ring, it will just point you to the nearest ring. If someone mm. does like an It's just got to be familiar to you, actually. It, so... Would that work? Yeah. Familiar, I guess, yeah. If somebody would shown you yeah. like a painting of it. All right, I'm looking for that. <laughs> like a wanted poster. That's locate creature, not locate object. They do get that with their spells. Yeah. They Thank do you. get locate creature. <laughs> no, also divination. Too. Yeah, divination oh, is a very right. good spell. Just lets you talk to the gods, ask them a question. Is this going to go is well? That just, is that just prayer? <laughs> yeah, essentially. All prayer, right. but do they respond? But they respond. Yeah. Nice. You ask them a question about something in the next seven days, and they will tell you whether what you want to do will work, whether... It will. That would be a very handy spell in real life. The reply might be a short phrase, a cryptic rhyme, or an omen, which I really like. (laughs) You you never know what you're going to get. What, and so the... um, Laughs like divination. You never know what you're going to (laughs) get. So you as a DM would make up a a whatever rhyme you just said, cryptic rhyme. I'd probably go with an omen (laughs) myself. So if depends if on I'm the, like I roll for a divination or if I don't, I don't know if I have to. If roll. you cast divination, I would have seven days to think of a good answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> seven yeah. in-game days to think of a good answer for your character. Uh, it's no. not like a... no, you don't. Yeah, it's instant. It's something that they're going to do in the next seven days. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Then I would have a good six seconds to try and figure <laughs> out. Right, I, I really need to get a notebook now because I'm sort of finding ways to fuck with Nile. Why do you want to do this, to me, Jordan? <laughs> Because all you will do is incur my wrath. Ooh, was that an omen? (laughs) (laughs) It only takes six seconds to to start. (laughs) Anyway, Mark of Handling humans are next. Uh, Mark of Handling are very good at being around animals. They're beastmasters. They train a lot of the cavalry and riding mounts. And they're just very friendly with creatures and the wild. Tend to prefer animals over people. Uh, So they get increases to wisdom and by two and then one ability of your choice by one so there's a bit more freedom in it they get advantage on animal handling and nature checks so they can know a bit more about creatures and the plants around them and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, they can cast animal friendship and speak with friends with the trait so they can just make friends with animals and then talk to them i think i had speak with friends on my one shot because i had a pet mouse and i was like i want to be with my friend (laughs) (laughs) and then it sounded like james acaster from that cinderella movie I've not seen it. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if I want to after that. I think you do, just for like pure curiosity, it's worth it. And then at third level, their speak with animals affects monsters and beasts, as long as they're not too intelligent. Ah, okay. So how would they, what, what classes is too intelligent? Anything with an intelligence score of three or lower you can talk to. Anything above that does that, affect it. Is that quite high or is that low? It's quite low. It's basically animals. Like anything with an animal intellect that just goes off pure instinct, you, you can it's just, just start like, talking. I am a tiger and that's it. Yeah, if you were to talk to it, it wouldn't be like, like spilling off philosophy. It'd just be like, I'm a, I'm a tiger. I'm hungry. Right. Like I want to eat you. And they'd be like, I don't understand how you're talking to me right now. <laughs> I didn't realise I could even speak human I've never I've never listened to food talk before. This is interesting. <laughs> uh, you, I suppose I should use this time to ask you to lay down quietly and die. <laughs> they won't do it though, because you can make them your friend. And then you then it'd be like, Oh, you smell you good. You can tickle my belly. I think you can stay. We right, will hunt okay. together. <laughs> 
for I still need sustenance, and you probably do too, young cub. <laughs> and again, in the game, yeah, you, the DM would end up being the voice of the animal. Yes, yeah. and I could make it any voice okay, I, I wish. I got to get a seat. I got to get. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, <laughs> I'll take your favorite animal and I'll give it the stupidest voice. <laughs> And I'll make it hate you. Okay, cool. And that is the... Mark of handling. Yeah. Handling. Yeah. Basically, if you want a pet, that's the human to be. Cool. You can be a water elf with a with a fish. <laughs> no, you can't. You can be a human. <laughs> these are the human ones. God damn it, yeah, Jordan. Do you listen to nothing? Nah. Wait, these are the dragon marks. That, yeah. yeah. But only but, humans can take. So these are specific human different. Subjects. Most of the dragon marks, except this is, for the Eberron, yeah. are specific to certain races. This is what makes humans <laughs> interesting. Eberron came up. So basically every other race usually has some kind of sub-race attached mm. to it. Humans were made a bit more interesting because they were given all these different dragon marks that they can possess, which kind of gives them a bit more flavor to add essentially okay i got confused speaking of flavor mark of making mark of making so these are all your master smiths artificers uh, enchanters they just very clever and good at making whatever anyone needs uh so you get an increase your intelligence by two and then one other of your choice by one uh very good at making things so when you use your artisan tools so things for crafting if you were taking part in that you'd be able to roll an extra dice to add to it She'd be just make things a bit quicker and a bit better, usually a bit cheaper as well. Uh, you gain proficiency with one type of arts and tools, so things like gem crafting, glass making, stuff like that. Smithing, smithing, uh, enchanting. You can get enchanters' tools, and then you know the mending cantrip, so you can mend small tears in fabric and things. Okay, uh, easier than buying new clothes. And you also get the magic weapon spell, which basically makes a weapon magic, does more damage, overcomes resistances against monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it lasts for an hour and doesn't need concentration, so it's a bit better than the normal spell you can pick up another way. It's pretty useful as well, because some things have resistances to non-magic stuff, so you instantly have magic weapons on you all the time. You could pick up a, like a pebble, make it a magic weapon and throw it at someone. <laughs> magic slingshot. Yeah, literally. There's a, you, you can get a sling, you could make a magic slingshot. Fantastic. I've had a player make a potato magic to throw at someone. And what, what do the magic do? Just overcomes the resistance. So it does if they're resistant they do you do half damage. I believe it gives it all a plus one. Plus one as well, yeah. Yeah, so basically anything you enchant with the mag- as to make it a magic weapon becomes better. It does more damage and is more accurate. So you got a really really dangerous spud. <laughs> you know what I mean in your hand. So launching that did people. kill a, a Rama has. There you go. Straight in the eye. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, a fast flying spud. Spud. Might fucking hurt you. Yeah. Right into the eye. That would probably do it. But they they have cool spells. Yeah, they get spell. a lot of spells, mostly around support. So they get identify, which will tell you what any magic item is, if it's as well as if it's cursed, so you don't get tricked by a DM into putting on something that will make you evil or give you a vulnerability or hurt you in some way. Best okay. watch out. <laughs> Uh, they get a floating disc, tensor floating disc, which just summons a disc you can use to carry stuff, and it'll just follow you around. That's great. I it can really, really do with that. Uh, they can also shape stone. They get the spell creation, which is quite open-ended and lets you create almost anything you can imagine within the set parameters. Basically anything that's non-magical. You can create like something like 500 pounds of non-magical material or something. Yeah. Well, I'll have a look. And in terms of the, the, the knit thing, <laughs> the knit spell... Is again in the game. You keep track of if your clothes are falling apart. It has other uses okay. than just clothes. It mends a small break in something. So if you had a ship with like a splint, the hole was starting to crack. You could use oh, mending. Oh right, so you can really use it to mend. Yeah, okay. it's just a small area you kind of knit back together. Right. Okay. Don't usually keep track of like weapon breaks or clothing ripping or armor and stuff like that. Some DMs will do it in more hardcore games, but it's not very common. Just like we need to set aside like half an hour now, guys, to polish our boots and our armor. <laughs> so essentially, you can create something within a five foot cube, but the more complex it is, the shorter it'll last. So the most complex, precious thing you could create would last an hour. Okay. An hour in. Game time. Uh, in game time. Yeah, from an hour from creating it. And the smallest thing? Oh, no, like vegetable matter lasts for a whole day. So okay. you could create like five, you could probably create like five, create five potatoes worth of food. And then enchant them with magic weapon and take down a dragon. Yeah, just launching potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Would it work? <laughs> All right, what if you... <laughs> 
hear me out. What if you created one large giant potato, magic weaponed it, and then cut it up into smaller potatoes and then launched them? That would probably work. It'd be harder to cut because it's magic. True. But you could, yeah, you could cut it into... Theoretically. You could cube a magic giant potato and then... Multiple weapons. Yeah. That all last... You could get a spud gun. A long time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) the next one is the the Mark of Passage, I believe. Yes. So these... uh, This house handles all the transportation across Eberron. The carriages, the trains, ships and things like that. They're just very good at getting where they need to be without getting into trouble or getting hurt. So they get... Dexterity increased by two, and then one of the score of your choice by one. They move a little bit faster. They go to 35 foot of movement speed instead of 30. They can make, whenever they make an acrobatics check or any ability check to move a vehicle, so a carriage. Technically, I think horses count as land vehicles as well. Yep. Uh, You can add a D4 to increase, so you're just slightly better at navigating and driving things. Uh, And you get the Misty Step spell once per day with this trait, which is a very good spell that lets you teleport 30 feet. It's very useful. If you're like a spellcaster, then a barbarian runs at you. You don't want to be in combat because you're a squishy spellcaster. You just teleport out. But it's just great generally for anyone. Yeah. Like if anyone's near you and you're just like, nope. So 30 feet's how far people can run. Yeah. 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 So what's the time frame for them running that 30 feet? Six seconds. Yeah. Where if you're teleporting, you'll move that 30 feet instantly. Yeah. You, uh, you do it as a bonus action and then you could run 30 foot again. Ah. Okay. You could technically teleport 30 feet. With this subclass, then run 35 feet and then dash another 35 feet to move 100 feet in a turn. Very good at getting away. Right. All the while, you haven't even cast Expedition Retreat. Yes, which is a spell again. Can I say that again? Expedition Retreat. And that basically doubles your movement speed. So you'd be going 200 feet. Jesus. You'd be going at 100. Well, we know which one Usain Bolt's got, don't we? 170 foot around. (laughs) They get a lot of spells that basically help with movement. (laughs) They get jump, which you can cast to make yourself jump higher and further. Uh, pass without a trace, so you can move more stealthily. Just gives you a blanket plus 10 to your stealth checks. Uh, blink, every turn you disappear into the ethereal plane. Oh, there's a dice roll, and basically you can use that. Then when you cast that at the end of your turn, you roll the dice. If you roll high enough, you go to the ethereal plane, and nothing can target you. So you can just pop in on your turn, shoot something, cast a spell, then just pop back into the ethereal plane, and basically avoid all danger. That sounds cool. Yeah, that does sound So what's the ethereal plane? It's where ghosts are. Yeah, essentially. Right. Essentially the ethereal plane... I mean, I know the concept to a degree. It's the in-between the inner planes and outer planes, I believe. Yeah, it's kind of like an extra layer over the material plane. The astral sea goes in between all the planes, the outer planes, but in between the inner planes and the outer planes is this... It's what creation is made out of, essentially, and there's the ethereal plane where you can see what's in front of you, but it's all in this like ghostly light, and there's ghosts that live there and other creatures that can move through the ethereal plane. But then there's something called the deep ethereal, which is where essentially it's this it's the step but it's the step of creation. You can just create things from from air there. The the it's natural not, not vapors connected to the weave. Probably is. Right. But it's essentially the the foundations of creation and from there you can get to a lot of places. Right. But it's like a dreamland, essentially. So time and space don't work the same. If you didn't know where you were going, I think it'd take you something like 500 hours to get there. And you'd just be walking in a straight line. To get there from... From, from wherever you are. You can, you can walk 500 hours to get to the ethereal plane. No, you're in the deep ethereal. Oh. Wherever you want to go, it'll take you 500 oh, hours. Oh, I see. Okay. But you, you can't change your course or even think of somewhere else because then it'll start you again. There's so many cool short film ideas here. <laughs> Why has people not jumped on this? And well, no, you can't take that. Out, this thing. Yeah, boy. Wait, is it Chris Pine? Chris Pine, boy. I'm mm. excited. Actually, I really uh, like what I've is it? seen so far. The, the Dungeons and Dragons movie? Yeah, mm. it's already kind of like... It, it looks like great. It looks quite funny, actually. It looks brilliant. It, like it's not taking itself too seriously. It can't. It, it does, like, they tried it with yeah. the original D&D movie, and yeah. it didn't work at all. Right. This looks really fun. Like... I think Morgan mentioned this on 201, but there's a line where it's like, uh, so what's your job? Oh, I make all the plans. Okay. And I also make the plans when those plans go wrong. It's like, so you make bad plans. <laughs> it's like, uh, and that's every D&D group ever. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. It, it does just sound like they've almost just played a campaign and then gone. I hope so. Let's just uh, put this. It just sounds chaotic. I love it. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Anyway, Mark of Sentinel, be human being. Human being. Uh, so Mark Sentinel is 
your guardsman, your soldier, the protector kind of house. Uh, so they get an increase to their constitution by two, so they're just slightly harder to kill. And their wisdom increases, so they're better at spotting threats. Uh, when they make a perception or insight check, so to either spot something or see if someone's telling the truth or lying, they get an extra d4, so they can add to it and be a bit better at it. They can get the shield spell once per day with the trait, which just uh, as a reaction when you get hit, you can increase your AC by five. So you're, mm-hmm. if it would hit you, it doesn't hit you anymore. Uh, and then whenever a creature within five feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to swap places with them. So if you were stood next to like a wizard and they got shot with an arrow and you were like a tanky fighter, you could swap with them so you took the damage or you took the hit. So it might not hit you. Or if it does damage, it won't be as bad because you have more hit points. Oh, it's essentially the the human of the tank. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, making, it's making a tank human that's just going to take punishment and be able to like get away from it and help out others and essentially be the, be the punch me of the group. Yeah. And a lot of their spells do help with that. Yeah, they get shield, shield, compel duel, which means that you basically pick someone, challenge them to a duel magically, and they have to attack you. Yeah, like if you're fighting one creature, then it can only attack you. But thankfully, you've got all the hit points in the world, and everybody else can do a lot of damage, so you're fine. And and can you regain your hit points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. by having a nap. Ah, yeah, okay. healing spells, long rest or short rest. And so, how many hit points does a sentinel get? Uh, depends on what class they take. Your hit yeah. points are all determined by your class. Right. Barbarians have like a D12 of hit points. Wizards have a D6 of hit points. So, so I see. Yeah, and and you'd get plus plus. You get so. your constitution increases by two, so your modifier goes up. The higher constitution, the more hit points you get. Right. Okay. So if you were a barbarian, you'd be pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. You get it. You get okay. it. Okay. Right. Well, that's all the human stuff, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I guess it's just half elves now. So you've already kind of said what you thought half elves were, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. To be honest, you're right. Uh, that's why we kind of squish these together they into are, two. There's very little yeah. on half elves. They're not very much interesting lore about them all. You've learned about elves, and now you've learned about humans. And half elves are essentially the union of both. They're kind of take. So, the- so they fucked at some point in history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Humans fucked really. everything in D and D. Yeah. Yeah. And elves just happened to create like <laughs> half elves. To be fair, would you not? <laughs> if there was, you know, if elves you could. and. Elves and orcs and gnomes and halflings I mean, and dwarves and yeah, tieflings I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd and you'd dragons, bugbears, dragons. <laughs> you'd have to explore, wouldn't you? Koatoa, Tabaxi, Koatoa. Grungs. Oh, no, they'd poison you. <laughs> It'd be worth it. <laughs> You're gonna laugh when you find out what these are. <laughs> Koatoa are my favorite thing in D and D, though. Yeah? Yes. Insane fish people. Insane fish people that make gods at will. They're brilliant. They're crazy. Anyway. Anyway. uh, On to something not as fun. Yeah, half-elves. Half-elves are essentially kind of like... They're they're like a wonderful starting place for any player because they can choose to be part of an elven culture that doesn't really like them because I guess half-elves are seen as not full elves. And you know how half-elves get um, resurrected and... What's it called? Oh, yeah. Oh, the elves getting re- they reincarnated. They go to the place, yeah. but yeah. No, they can't go to the heaven place. But they go there for a brief amount of time before being reincarnated. Yeah. yeah. They can't stay there forever. Yeah, yeah. But they, so essentially because they're reincarnated, when a human and an elf have a child and it's a half-elf, they're like, who the fuck's this? <laughs> like, we don't know this kid. Half-elves don't have the same sleeping things as as elves. They don't have the reverie and stuff, do they? No. No, they don't trance Aww. either. No. The reverie sounds so So they're cool. sort of just half, they're half elf, but they've not got any of the good stuff. They get some of the good stuff of elves. <laughs> they get a lot of cool stuff, too. They be are fair. one of the most versatile classes in they're their races like, yeah. in D&D. They're similar to humans in the sense of, like, they're really fun to play yeah. in terms of, like, they just kind of help yeah, everything. They have all the ambition of humans that elves don't have, but they live longer. Don't live as long as elves, but they live about twice as long as humans. They're like a nice in-between. Okay. And so, they're not as aloof and haughty and... Up themselves. Up themselves, yeah. Yeah, half elves are free. They're kind of like raised by humans, really. Most half elves are kind of shunned from their elven culture and kind of exist as. Yeah. That's like typical DD, but like in In, more forward thinking DD. In Forgotten Realms, they're pretty common. Yeah. Basically everywhere. They kind of live in between. They don't really accept it in either world because they outlive most humans. So they don't really. Any friends they have, they watch them die. So they get sick of that. But then when they get old, all the friends from the elven uh, cities are all still children. So they don't really fit in there either. 
So they kind of just wander oh. around as traveling bards, yeah. diplomats, and adventurers. Which makes them Lonely. more charismatic. <laughs> yes. They have an increase to uh, two for their charisma and then anything else uh, for one, I believe. Um, so yeah, they can live up to about 180 years. Why, if there's loads of them, why don't they just make their own community? They probably do. They do in Eberron. Yeah. In Eberron, mm. they call themselves the Korovar, and they made their own kingdom. Boom. There you go. Um, normal walking army. speed. They can also see in the dark like elves. Um, they have that fate ancestry, ancestry ability that, uh, means that they can't, they have advantage against saving throws against being charmed and magic can't put them to sleep. Uh, they gain proficiency in two skills, and that's this is why elves, are the, half elves, are so cool. Yeah, not many other races give you two extra skills, so you get to be better at two random things. So like, it's just really good for character creation. If you want to be athletic or acrobatic, then you can put your skills into other things from your class and just have two other extra skills. Maybe you want to be perceptive. Maybe you want to be a better liar. It just means more character versatility. Um, and then you get. Elvish, common, and an extra language. So you get three languages starting off. And that's why half elves are pretty. Did do pretty also you can swap the skills out. Yeah. For any other elf race feat. Yeah. So like you could take the wood elf ability to hide in light cover and you can just know that. You can take the drow magic, the high elf casting. Aquatic uh, elf breathing underwater yeah. and swimming. Get in. The oh. Shadakai teleport that they get. Ba- basically, if you want to be a half elf, but with the bonuses of a full elf, you can still do that, but you just, you don't, you're not as versatile skill-wise. But two skills for certain magic could be worth it. Yeah, and drow, if you're a drow half-elf, you don't have sunlight sensitivity. Sunlight sensitivity, darkness, fairy fire. Yeah, it's pretty... Some pretty good spells for two skills. Bonkers. Mm, okay. It's very American. Bonkers. 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 Uh, but yeah, then they've also got a um, a half-elf dragon mark thing. They Ooh. have two dragon marks. Ooh! <laughs> so they also get... They get the mark of the storm is the main half-elf one, which is all about learning to call on the power of the storm, uh, reading the wind and the water, and uh, ship travel, especially at Eberron. It's very much about making sure that all the ships and the trade happen safely. They make badass pirates. Yes. And essentially, this this would be the replacement for your skills as well. So you won't get all the skills being a Yeah, you only lose the skill versatility. Which is still not much. And your ability score improvement. Oh, dear. Yeah, oh, yeah, get- of course, it changes for... It's virtually the same. Your charisma still increases, and you just get a dexterity increase by one. And you're resistant to lightning. Yes. You're resistant to lightning. Because you're really good at sailing. Yeah. You've learned to master lightning so it doesn't hurt you anymore. (laughs) You've learned to move slightly out of the way so it hurts you less now. (laughs) Uh, When you make an acrobatics check or any ability check involving navigator's tools, you can add a default to it. So you can find where you're going better. You can avoid storms, things like that. Uh, you know the gust cantrip, so you can just make little gusts of wind, blow th- uh, which can push people back, blow things out of the way. It can just yeah. be fun to fuck with. Put DMs. a fire out. Yeah. Uh, you get the full gust of wind spell, which is just a much stronger version. can push more things back and bigger things. Put bigger fires out. Put bigger fires out. <laughs> and then you get a lot of uh, elemental spells. So things like you can create a fog cloud to make it harder to see you or to escape something. Uh, you can levitate as a spell. You can create a sleet storm which will slow things down and damage them. You can conjure elementals, uh, control water. Put fires out. Also, like, tidal waves and shit. Yeah. Make a whirlpool with it to put a fire out. <laughs> it would be very accurate with a whirlpool, considering. The fire would need to be underneath the whirlpool. But you can control the water. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So just move the whirlpool. So that's, that's kind of like half-elves. Okay. So kind of what you expected... Half human, half elf, yeah, yeah. bit of elf, bit of human sounds yeah. pretty much. They, they, they. You can see the like the the lean towards them because they have basically all of the good things of humans and elves without any of the drawbacks of either. Yeah, the big thing as uh, compared to humans is dark vision. Yeah. So when you go into a dungeon, they can see humans can't. Half elves, half elves can can see can see in the can't. dark. Yeah, humans need the light source, which you can't really sneak around while carrying a torch. So if you were inclined to be a human, it's probably better just to be a half elf, unless you really yeah. need a feat. Yeah, mechanically, I guess. Yeah, but if you want to play like a human with the mark, like those certain dragon marks, then that's certainly worth. And you it, can't get it? a feat as in a half elf. Uh, you can at higher levels. Yeah. Humans, the only race that gets one. 
at character creation. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what makes humans special? Yeah, it allows for a lot more build options. Okay. Because you get that extra feat. It's all it's all for role playing essentially. It's all to sort of like help flavor who the character is and give you a bit more of like choices to make, I think. Yeah. Character choices. Yeah, and if there wasn't any rules at all, yeah. It would just be a fucking mess. Be a lot more bland, yeah. Yeah. Whereas now you can sort of see that if you want to be a particular kind of character, humans and half elves are really great ways to just build that character because mm. they're so versatile. They can just be anything or anyone. I'm inclined to uh, possibly lean towards one of them. What? A human or a half elf? Yeah. Ooh. But then I, I can't Solve. make the first D&D a fucking human, can I? Mine was. I think Mine I was. did, yeah. I think was that's it? one yeah. of the things they advise is one of your first campaigns. They're, one, they're one the most popular race in D&D, humans. It's because people relate to them the most as well. I think it's just a lot of casual players that just come in and play one session a week. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's easy to play a human because you know what one is. Rather than trying playing to think like, of a like a plasmoid or a dragonborn or a sentient ooze or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is maybe what I was thinking. I was like, because I can be a little bit more. I want to play a frog. <laughs> yeah. A bit more open minded about how the character would work where. Where, the, on the other hand, it's like, well, oh, I'm do something really specific, like a lizard, and I like, and I like that you can play a lizard has neuroticisms about something, and then actually have to play it. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. It's all about that. It's I'm all about decided, that. Yeah. Well, can you? What about you, Connie? Can you see yourself being a human or a half elf? Yeah, half elf, aquatic half thing. elf. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I'm more intrigued by. The other races. Yeah. You want to see if there's any more under the sea races? That's not like my only goal. But yes. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the character I did last time on my, the, the only time I've ever played the one shot I did like three or four years ago, that was a human. Okay. I think. Because the yeah. guy who I was doing it with was just like, just make a character that's basically just you All for right. your first game. Fun. <laughs> and then you can kind of learn. And I was like, okay, cool. But I can talk to animals. I want to talk to animals and plants and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. Do you guys do you guys feel like you've learned something? Not really. No. Great. Can we play now, Niall? Uh, not really. Oh, I'm going to fucking kill you in your sleep. <laughs> well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, I've been Niall. I've been Blaine. I've been Jordan. I've been Connie. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed, please leave a review as it really helps. A big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair, and a big thank you to G. McDermott for our cover art. If you'd like to check out any cool merchandise, head over to littlelionslayer.co.uk where Julia, our resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. We're going to be taking a little crimbo break for Christmas. I hope you have a lovely Christmas, but that means we won't be releasing any episodes until the new year. So have a merry, merry Christmas, and we will see you in the new year in January. Bye-bye!